Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Claire Marquick, and this is Real Life Business. Welcome to this week's episode of Real Life Business, where I talk to business owners about what really goes on behind the scenes of running their business. Now, this week I am chatting with Melissa Judd, a life coach, cognitive behavioral coach, solution-based counselor, and trauma practitioner. With a personal history of depression, anxiety, and disordered eating, Mel is now driven to help people overcome their inner struggles and help them live their most fulfilled life. As a mother of two, she is passionate about this work, particularly in the teen space, and her This Is Me program was born from her desire to help them navigate the turbulence of teenage life. This is another raw and honest conversation where we learn that even as coaches, we don't always have our shit together. We don't deal with things perfectly and that life is still messy. Listen out for some special guests appearing halfway through the episode. And remember, if there is anything in this episode that brings something up for you that you're curious to unpack, then why not book in for one of my complimentary business bouncing sessions at reignitepc.com.au and click on the book a chat button, or you can click the link in the show notes to this episode. Alrighty then, let's get into it. So in the introduction, we heard all about your passion for supporting people to overcome their inner struggles, particularly teen girls, which I believe is something that is absolute of paramount importance. Tell us a little bit about your journey and how you came to be doing what you're doing now. Yeah. Okay. So um, I had a fairly sort of big struggle myself as a child and teenager. When I look back now, I realise I was suffering with anxiety and depression. Um, But back sort of when I was growing up in the 70s and 80s, it wasn't very well recognised. So I guess I I sort of did struggle through school with low self-esteem, not feeling quite enough, not feeling like I fitted was was massive Um, but I actually didn't I didn't the forefront that I was really struggling with mental health stuff until I was about 21 and I was finally diagnosed with an eating disorder so my mental health my depression anxiety kind of manifested into an eating disorder um, which was quite chronic so then I um, struggled with that for about five years until I was eventually hospitalised for three months in a psychiatric hospital to recover. And ever since then, it's sort of given me a drive and a passion to try and get at the forefront of of kids, you know, get in there before these things do manifest or before they do take hold. I've also had um, personal experience with, um, I've had a suicide attempt um, and things like that as well. So, it's not that I think that anything different could have happened back for me that was my journey and that's just how it was but I do believe if we can get on the forefront of these things and get into schools get into kids the programs and the therapies that we need to to try and divert their path I suppose to a more positive one and also giving them that um you know that that person to say I've been where you are, but it doesn't have to be this way. It can be better because sometimes when you're in the crux of it, you tend to attract more of the same. 
Mm. Um, so if you can if you can be there saying, I know I've been there, but it doesn't have to be this way, it can be this way, then they can start to understand that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, I suppose. I think that's so, so important, isn't it? And it is something that is becoming more and more and more prevalent. I mean, we've locally, we've had a case where a, a young girl took her own life this week, 12 years old. You know, it's it's devastating. And, and a lot of the things that I've been reading around that is like, there's no, there's no switch off anymore, is there? No. Because you know, we, we're online all the time and, and, and bullies and whatever it is that's, causing our struggles we've we've got access to it 24 7 don't we absolutely yeah that's the thing at least you know when we were younger when you and I were younger we could go home and we could separate ourselves from it Um, I think it's really important that we start to teach kids the importance of stepping away from social media Um, and it's not even just kids even as adults as a society we're all hyper aroused we're all overstimulated and we all need to be mindful of being able to step away from that from the screens and from that stimulation all the time because what we're doing is we're theoretically giving ourselves a dopamine hit every time we you know we get that reward from the from the screen so we're creating also a society of addictive behavior as well mm-hmm. um, which then leads to things like when you know during COVID and that when we we're on our own people don't cope very well to being on their own in their own company because they're so used to all, all of that external stimulation and with teenagers their whole world and their whole life is their friends and all they want mm-hmm. to do is fit into the herd And it only takes one person to be slightly different and then a stronger personality to say that person is not okay, then the whole herd will follow them. And that's how targets happen. It's, it, it scares me, I have to say, as a, as a mum of, of two boys. I mean, my boys, are, our boys are 10 and 7, so um, they're still in that young primary, mm. uh, primary school age at the moment. But, you know, th- they are online already um, yeah. in as much as, you know, the online games they play, they chat with their friends on, on message of kids after school. And, and I just think it, it, as a mum, it really worries me to think, you know, what, what, what are, what are we creating like as a, mm. as a society and how can we as mums sort of um, protect our kids and like you say, protect ourselves? Because I mean, I'm very guilty of sitting there on my phone all the time yeah. as well. So yeah, we do, are. Yeah, and I I mean when I work with parents I always say to them we don't want to we don't want to create taboos we don't want to create enemies because the simple fact is social media and technology is here to stay. So let's create a healthy behavior around it. Mm-hmm. And the best way we can do that as parents is to lead by example. Yeah. So not do what I do what I say and not what I do. So do what I do. do. But also I think we need to go that little bit further. Um, And the way I work is I don't just say this is what you do, this is why we do it. And I think that's the missing link with a lot of different things that we see, a lot of educational things, is once we understand why we're doing something, we're more intrinsically motivated to actually put it into play. When we know what it's doing to our body, when we know what it's doing to our brain, then we can really understand 
how we can, you know, step away from it, how we can change that and why we're being told that this is not healthy. Mm-hmm. And once we understand that, and then once we once we feel the benefit as well. So, you know, saying, okay, family, if you don't believe me, kids, let's create a challenge. Let's mm-hmm. do a 28-day challenge. And if you can prove me wrong that when you stepped away from your screen, you didn't feel any better, then okay, let's, you know, go we talk about it again. Yes, yeah, we yeah. can readdress it. But you know, it, it won't happen like that because you will feel better. There's research, there's studies, there's science behind it. Yeah. Um, I know even personally, like I sometimes feel at the end of the day, I'll be just mindlessly checking my phone because I like to stay on top of messages and emails and I have to actually physically say to myself, the day is over, mm. office hours are over, it's time to put the phone away and like literally, you know, give myself permission. So it's our job as parents to say that to our children and to enforce it, you know, for their own sake as well. But I think we still need a lot of education exactly around why we're enforcing it too. Mm-hmm. I don't still think a lot of parents understand. I think they're doing it because we're told we should. Yeah. And um, I think it's important that parents understand why we should. And we need to educate them because it works from the top down. Whatever we want the child to do, we need the parents to model that for them. 100%. I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that in a topic in itself is, is, is yeah. content for a whole whole other podcast. And whole, well, you've got whole programs dedicated yeah. to it, don't you, where yeah. you're working with the kids and you're working with the parents as well, yeah. um, like you say, to, to educate on that whole complete spectrum so how did you come to it's, it's clearly something that you're very very passionate about and very very driven to drive change in how did you come to be doing that as a business it's it's really funny I was actually thinking about this the other week my best friend and I sat down and had a lunch and I said to her I, I feel like I need to do something else but I don't know what I'd retired from my hairdressing career I had my own business in hairdressing for 10 years and because of my um, health it wasn't fantastic for me so I decided to step away from it but was feeling a little bit lost so um, she said she she sort of said to me what if you created like a lifestyle sort of business where you used all of your strengths and and combine that into a business so it started out being a lot more light and fluffy it was going to be um, like a bit of like light life coaching but more around organization styling um, uh, self-confidence but but on that lighter level you know taking women shopping and buying a new wardrobe lots of that lifestyle stuff yeah but the minute I started diving in and, and helping people, I realised that even that light stuff comes, the struggles come from a deeper place. Mm-hmm. So then when I realised that, it just seemed to be a natural progression to go, okay, now I want to go deeper. I want to work with people to unpack their limiting beliefs and, and the, the ideas they have about themselves. Um, and particularly with teenagers too, the program I created came, came from a similar place. 
but um, and it it still does have a lighter element to it. I have incorporated some grooming and and skincare and things like that in it as well. But that's to keep it relevant yeah. for the kids. But really, the crux of it is all about learning how to celebrate who we are and not comparing ourselves and those tools that we can take you know, right through our lives to to learn how to love ourselves and love who we are and and gain that that self-confidence and self-worth within ourselves. So it sort of started out as a very light and fluffy life coaching business, which led to the team program, which then led to doing a counselling certification um, and a cognitive behavioural coaching certification. And then I started diving into the impact of trauma um, as well, because now we're research has shown that anxiety and depression and eating disorders and PTSD and things like that are all literally a symptom of trauma. Um, so that's how I, I it sort of you know evolved. delved and evolved and and that's where it landed now. That's awesome. And I mean, it's I, I say that's awesome, but w- when we think about what the story you've just told, that stems from your own personal trauma at the at the outset, doesn't it? And and I yeah. guess that sort of that desire or that awareness even that you need to dig deeper is rooted in your own personal experience and, and your own personal journey of recovering and, and getting healthy again and being able to focus on the beauty of you um both inside and out and I guess then that's that then fuels your desire I guess to pass that knowledge on doesn't it absolutely yeah absolutely I think um I think the the best people to work in these spaces are always people that have kind of been there um themselves and I always say to clients um I'm no different to you I'm no better than you and I'm no different the only difference is is you're in the hole at the moment and I'm standing on the other side with my hand here trying to pull you out and you know because they need people need to understand that that we're, we're not some magical entity that that has been given this gift it's it's come from our own struggles so if we can do it they can do it too um, I like to really break down those, those, you know, I've had people say to me, I wish I was like you or mm-hmm. you've got it all together or you're so lucky. And I, I'm always mindful of really breaking that down and saying, no, 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 no. As a community, as humans, we're all the same and I'm no better or whatever. I'm just at a different stage, but you can get there too. And once you can connect with them on that level and actually sit there and say, I know how you feel, I really mm-hmm. do. And really mean it too. And, and mean it um, actually means a lot to people that have struggled. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. I think it, it, it's it's something I hear a lot as well in as much as people say, God, you know, how do you, you fit so much in? How have you got everything so together? Like you must be like all over everything. I'm like, well, you know, uh, I'm, I, I feel I've grown a lot in myself, but at the same time, I've got a hell of a lot of growing to do. You know, oh, yeah. there, there are, there are days where I am like, what am I doing? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> who am I to tell people this when look at the state of me right now you know do you have Absolutely. the same you're nodding along oh, yes I actually was working with a lady um the other day and she's um delving into the the life coaching therapeutic space herself and and we were having a you know a session and 
And she just said, oh, who am I to be doing this when I've still got stuff, you know, stuff. Yep. And I just went, oh, yeah, been there, had those thoughts. I think we all do. But what we need to realise is everyone always has stuff and we wouldn't be human if we didn't. If we didn't, we'd be robots. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're at any sort of human that wants to learn and grow and be the best person you can be, you will always have stuff because if you don't, then you're in denial and you're ignoring parts of you Yeah. Um, because being human is an evolution and part of that evolution is, is all of these layers coming up and it's the strongest people and the people that want us, that are here to serve, that face these things and then break them down and work through them rather than ignore them. Mm. So that's why we should be doing what we're doing because we're the ones brave enough to step up to the challenge. Yes. I think that's a really healthy mindset, a really a really positive way of looking at it, isn't it? Because it, like you say, there will always be things that come up. There will always mm. be inner demons, anxieties, fears, doubts, limiting beliefs. And, and that's not a sign that we're going backwards. I know this is something that I've had to work on, on myself. I get to a point and I'm like, yes. And then I start, you know, acting at that level. And then, and then all these limiting beliefs pop up again. And, I, and mm. I, I, initially I was like, oh God, none of this has worked. Like I'm back to where I began. And, and it took you know, my, me working with my own coach to kind of go, mm. no, you know, this, this is what happens. As you say, life's an evolution. This is, this is you stepping up again. Yeah. Um, and, and every time we step up, every time we challenge ourselves, every time we grow and, and st- stretch into something uncomfortable, we're going to have stuff to deal with, aren't we? And, and that's Absolutely. not a sign we're failing. It's a sign we're growing. Yeah, absolutely. There is no, um, you know, in the spiritual realms, I always talk about this enlightenment and this, you know, and and I, you know, I believe anyway, there is no, you know, end to any of this stuff. There really is no enlightenment. There's mm. no, you know, pinnacle that we reach. It's It's lots of micro little levels and steps and pinnacles and we become a bit more enlightened and a bit more or if you want to use a you know not such a spiritual term more aware and and that does um I think if we get to a certain level and then nothing comes up for us then we're being possibly a little bit maybe arrogant that we have nothing left to learn does that make sense it makes perfect sense yeah 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 I think we always need to be open to the fact that we're never going to know everything and have everything sorted a hundred percent. And it's really funny on the, on the weekend. So on Mother's Day, we, um, we did a family walk um, just up the back of, of our property. And I was talking to our seven-year-old and um, I forget how it came up, but I, I, I picked him up for something, you know, he, he'd done something or said something and I corrected him. And um, he was like, but mum, I'm only seven. I make mistakes and mistakes is how I learn and how I grow. And I'm like, oh, bless you. <laughs> I love that. Don't you love it when you hear your words coming out of their mouths and you're like, yes, it's sinking in. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, mate, you are so right. And another one of his his great ones that comes back at me is like, mum, there's no such thing as perfection. <laughs> yes, I love that. And I am so big on saying that to my children, my clients, and and I need to say it to myself because I've always had that you know underlying level of perfectionism yes yes um, and it's something that I always have to work on 
And I do. And my 15-year-old calls me out on my crap too. Like she'll she'll sort of throw my words back at me when I'm, you know, maybe in a certain space or I say something and she's like, no, mum, and she'll do what your son did. She'll throw my words back and sort of go, well, you know, you shouldn't really judge people until you've, you know, walked a mile in their shoes or you don't know the whole story or, you know, she'll reflect. And I'm just like, oh, yes, being schooled by my 15-year-old, but that's good because it's, you know, she's learning. She's she's taking in what, what I'm trying to teach by leading by example, but we never get it 100% perfect all the time. No. And we always all need to forgive ourselves for our humanness, I think, especially as women and mothers. Um, we just expect so much of ourselves. And, you know, I think if we just dropped those expectations of what life should look like, and you know and and ever the idea of reaching some epiphany of okay when I'm here I can be happy Mm -hmm. or enjoy my life we can start to enjoy all the little messy moments of what life does deliver to us rather than just sort of always looking to to get to some place like destination yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I love that. And and when we um when we did our little pre chat before this this podcast recording, you said you said um the mess of life is life, and yes. and I just Absolutely. love that. Yeah, there's no there's no destination. There's no end point where life is so is no longer messy. There's no end point where life is suddenly calm and no. we've reached that state of peace. Yeah. I, I, that's not a destination is it and it's yeah. this false thing that I think like you said as women particularly we can cling to that we've got to we've got to reach this point we've got to reach this destination and we've got to always push to get there and mm. in our in our quest to do that we're missing the fact that we're already in it if we choose to believe absolutely. it absolutely I I quite often sort of um reflect back on on when my children were little and how much I, you know, I did miss out on my mental health still wasn't great when I had young children. I had postnatal depression with both my kids. So I do, you know, there was lots of moments that I missed with them um, because of my own mental state. And, you know, I always say to new mums now, just soak up every minute. You know, I spent so much of my time worrying about having everything perfect. Mm. And, you know, I used to cook dinner at 7 a.m. in the morning in case I didn't get time to do it at some stage in the day because I had to have a hot meal on the table. My child had to be bathed twice a day, clean and perfect in a matching outfit. The house had to be spotless. I had to be immaculate. I had to exercise. I had to, you know, it, it, I even just saying it, I feel exhausted. And that's how I functioned. Um, but I think we also do that because that's how we measure our worth. Mm. Um, we measure our worth by what we do, not who we are. Um, so I think when we start to do that, we start to really set an unrealistic standard for what what we should be like. Mm. Um, yeah, so I, I really, you know, given my time again, it would be lots of sitting on the couch with my boob out, snuggling with, you know, a baby um, <laughs> for hours, you know, napping when they nap, you know, whatever for tea, like lots of that, just forgiving yourself, you know, 
for what isn't perfect, but enjoying all those little moments, those little smiles and those little laughs and, you know, getting in photos um, yes. with the kids too and having all those little memories and celebrating all the peacefulness in between rather than ignoring all of that and trying to get to some pinnacle of perfection that we're never going to get to. I think that's that's so important. And 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 whilst we can look back and go, God, I wish I'd had that realization when the kids were young. Like it's never too late. No, to have that's that realization right. is absolutely. It? No, absolutely. I I my you know my presence and my parenting with my children has shifted dramatically in the last five years with this new awareness that I do have. And you know, the, just the, the standard at which I live by has shifted dramatically too, mm. being able to let things go, what, um, you know, my priorities have shifted, what, what is important, you know, is it important that my floors are, you know, spotless and you can eat off them or is it important that I can sit and watch a movie with my daughter on a Sunday afternoon because I will never get that time back because there will be a time when she doesn't want to do that. Um, so, you know, and just all that and even just the conversations. If we keep ourselves even physically busy all the time, it's sending the message to our children that we're too busy for them. So children will quite often see that we're physically busy doing something and in their mind they tell themselves, oh, mum's too busy to talk to me because we're not sitting, we're not present, we're not open. And it, it may not be true, but that's the message that they will tell themselves. Absolutely. And and something that I've discovered and correct me if I'm wrong, because you're probably, it's more your line than, than mine. But when we talk about trauma and we talk about all these uh, mental health conditions and things that stem from trauma, that doesn't necessarily mean physical abuse, sexual abuse, accidents, yeah. you know, it, it can be something just like that. Can't it? it can be something yeah. that, you know, a, a meaning that a child has put to a parent or a, a big person's behavior. And, and that then becomes their trauma. That then becomes the fuel that lights the fire that, that amplifies the problems later on in life, which which we can look at as parents and go, holy hell, I'm, yeah. I'm destroying my child. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but again, it, it, it's, it's that balance, isn't it, of, of not putting ourselves on under so much pressure that we sort of amplify, amplify the problem still further, but at the same time having awareness that it doesn't need to be some massive thing that, that can really trigger something in a child. Yeah, absolutely. Just even things that we do say um, to our children, the meaning they take from it, the message that it sends them. Sorry about my um, all right. <laughs> the message that it sends to them. It's not for us to say what their trauma should be. So when I talk to parents about trauma, I always reframe it and just call it a stressful event or a distressing event um you know even even mild bullying like obviously significant bullying is recognized as traumatic but even mild bullying even words of a teacher yeah. like a, a teacher that could be having a bad day can lash out at a child and things like that can stick with a child it's not for us to say what their trauma should or shouldn't be or to decide you know whether it should or shouldn't have affected them the simple fact of the matter is, is if it has affected and it's affected them, um, and then we can repair from there. Mm. Um, and I and these are not my words. I'm not trying to um, 
um, claim this as my own. These words are of a psychologist in America called Dr. Vanessa Lapointe, I think you pronounce it. And she says that as parents, we need to always, we need to make peace with the fact that we will be some of our child's biggest wounds. Um, and to me, that's sort of, it's almost a relief because it's not just us, it's everyone. Like the way that we do raise our children at times is not obviously going to be, you know, for the best for their mental health, but that's okay because this awareness that we have now creates an opportunity to repair. So once you become aware, then you can repair. So it's not about dwelling on, oh, my God, I've wrecked my ch children or whatever. It's just a simple fact of the matter is when you live with someone like that, you can't be perfect, you can't know everything. The things that you say and do will impact on each other and that's okay because we can always repair from there. Mm. So I think if we did all know the actual responsibility we had as parents on our children prior to having children, no one would have them. It would be the most scariest thing in the world, wouldn't it? Yeah, when we have kids, we, we believe that our, our duties are to feed them, clothe them, keep them safe, keep them warm, and teach them right and wrong and make them a good person. But, you know, if someone says to you, okay, you are responsible for every thought, every belief, every program in this child, everything you say will imprint on them, everything you do will imprint on them, and this will dictate the future for their future life forever in their subconscious they'll have this program and if we said that to parents they'd be like no I'm not having kids so I really do think from an evolution perspective and you know it's good that we don't probably know all of that um, ignorance is probably bliss in that respect but yeah. now that all this research is coming forward and this new um, I like to call it this new movement of more conscious parenting um, that we're starting to see coming through, we can still go back and repair. We can always shift our language. And it's not hard. Mm. It's not hard to do. I'm even helping my own parents as grandparents now um, to, to shift, you know, to deal with their grandkids and because some of their old school beliefs and that old school way of doing things um, or their style of doing things are a little bit dated and, and they're aware of that. Mm. But they don't know you know, and they, the yeah, new yeah, way yeah. and they just want some guidance. And, and I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I have to agree. I think um, it, it's just so, it is so scary if we sat here and thought about, oh, my God, like actually oh. what am I responsible here for? <laughs> um like we we never do it would we so we kudos to all parents like round of applause to all absolutely. parents for even being <laughs> because yeah. we're bloody awesome <laughs> yeah absolutely I never ever you know I say to parents please don't ever think that I'm sitting here criticizing anything you've done all I'm doing is sitting here saying yep I've done it too now I know differently and I want to share that with everyone yeah. that's all it is it's about just getting that education out there and and learning how we can communicate in a more mindful way and a more connected way yeah. to our kids. Yeah. So you've had a, a, a big journey of, of personal development, of, of learning, of discovery, of parenthood. What are some of the non-negotiables that you've got in your life now? What are some of the things that help you ride those, those ups and downs okay. in life? These, yeah, they, this is, 
um, been a big thing for me because with having some physical health health stuff as well as um, my mental health journey, I had to to really get some things in place to manage um, those things as well. So my non-negotiables are self-care for me. Um, we I tend to flip things on the head when when I'm um, working with people and I say to mums you should in your world you should be your number one and they're like oh oh no 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 everyone else comes before me and I'm like no no because you are you're the glue that holds everyone together so if you're not sticky enough you're not strong enough you're not going to be holding anything together so it all starts with you and our strength comes from how how full our cup is now we take a pause from the conversation just for a moment as you might be hearing in the background Mel's dogs were getting louder and louder more and more vocal probably having their say about what their non-negotiables are in their life um, so we rejoin the conversation now with um, Mel telling us a bit more about the concept she was just talking about stickiness so I love how your dogs were really wanting to be a part of this show as well and having a little sort of wrestle in the background. But yeah. I want to just go back to what you were saying before, your, your non-negotiables. Self-care non is something that's, that's really important. And you said, something, you said something awesome about stickiness. And at that point, yeah. I was focusing on your dogs. So maybe yeah, you I know. So, so I, I explain it to parents and to mothers as... Um, you know, we're like the glue that sort of hold everyone together. And so if we think of our glue as our, our strength, if it's not sticky enough, then it doesn't hold everything together. Mm. And our strength comes from how, how full our cup is. So because you can't pour from an empty cup and we've all heard that story and I still think people just go, oh, yeah, that's a lovely sentiment, but I'm a mother. I don't, I don't, you know, come into that. And it's like, well, you do. Yes. So for me, self-care um, in whatever form it takes for me. I think um, that's really important too, yeah. isn't it? Because there is so much out there on the importance yeah. of self-care, isn't it? And, and yeah. I talk to people about um, a morning routine or a morning ritual and I get a lot of feedback, not feedback, a lot of um, pushback. In, yeah, but I've got young kids. I don't have time to meditate and journal and do yoga and I, don't, I, I just don't have time for all that. And, and, and that will be the excuse to shut it down and not do it. And mm. my comeback to that is find a self-care mechanism, a routine, a ritual that works for you. Yeah. And if that is a five-minute cup of tea, like shutting mm. yourself away somewhere before the kids get up or whatever, then so be it. Yeah. Um, that's it. Like, it, yeah. the, again, the society can place a lot of pressure on us that if we're not journaling every day and um, meditating or manifesting mm. or whatever, then mm. we're not doing self-care well enough. Yeah. And that can be another pressure that we've then got on ourselves, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I, I even felt that myself because working in the personal development space, um, going to seminars and doing courses and, you know, and a lot of these high achievers, are, I'm up at 4.30 a.m., I go, I, I train for an hour, I go to the gym or I whatever, then I meditate, then I sun gaze, then I have a cup of warm water and then I, and this is all before, you know, 8.30, 9 a.m. in the morning and I'm thinking, oh, is this what it takes 
to, to work in this space because I am not a morning person. I'm not. And so I tried and it just, all it did was set me up to fail yeah. because it wasn't me. I, I am not a morning person and that is okay. All it did was create this, this, this script about how hopeless I was because I'd set my alarm, turn it off, stay in bed and then get up feeling like shit. Set my alarm, stay in bed, get up feeling like shit. Or I'd get up and do it, hate every minute of it, and then by 2 o'clock in the afternoon I'd need a nana So I had to kind of look at what was going on for me and then I realised it was I was trying to live by someone else's standards. And I think a lot of this work too is teaching about people to make peace with who they are, mm. not trying to be who they're not. So I decided, well, I'm not a morning person. I am not up before 6.30 a.m., 7 a.m. of a morning, and that's okay. So I've created my routine around me. So I love a cup of coffee in bed before I actually get up of a morning. So I will set my alarm half an hour before I really need to get up. So if I know I need to be up by about seven, like up and in the shower, ready to, to go, I'll get up at about half past six. I'll flick the kettle on. I hop back into bed and I save up my cup of coffee. Mm. I will sometimes answer some emails or do some light admin, which is fine, um, but only if I choose to. It's not like a that's my admin time. Yeah. It's all yeah. by, and, and I think that's another thing that's important is the language we use around the things we do. So you'll notice I just said when I choose to. So yes. it's not, oh, I have to. So I get up at 6.30 and then I have to answer emails and then I, it's the, I choose to. Um, so for me, that's massive. And I just, it seems silly, but I just love that. And on weekends, I, I stretch it out. I might sit sit up in bed and have two coffees and sit there for two hours. But on a weekend, it'll be reading a book or I might, you know, put a little Netflix show on my iPad or my partner and I might just lay there chatting. Um, So that's, that's big for me. I like to, for me and for my mental health and my stress levels, I like to start my day fairly slow and fairly grounded. I always start my day connected to my breath. So that I don't meditate of the morning. I just literally connect to my breath before I step out of bed. Mm. Um, and then I have my coffee. Um, so that's a part of my self-care. I have a few things that I use as far as managing my arthritis and things like that, a few um, different things. I use an uh, oxygen chamber. I have regular osteopath appointments. Um, and so they're non-negotiable for me. If I had to ever trim my budget, things like that are non-negotiable some Mm. people and that's where people get it wrong they will go oh well I can't afford that and I think no you probably can't afford takeaway yeah three nights a week but you can afford things for your health so what we prioritize too is important another non-negotiable for me is I do meditate every night Um, And for me, that has been, I've meditated for 20 years. So I learned meditation when I was in hospital Mm -hmm. with my anorexia and I've built on that. And I've, I've, I've gone in waves over the years, but literally for the last 20 years, I've had, you know, a fairly steady practice. And now it's a bit of a non-negotiable most nights. Um, I do that. That's just for me. 
and it has been very beneficial. Also, too, is um, tools down after dinner every night. Mm-hmm. I will not. Um, I will not do any housework. I will not do any admin. Um, I don't do any study. For me, I just I need to be able to just switch off, switch and I'm just I'm in mum mode. I'm in mill mode, mum mode, partner, whatever I need to be in. I'm just not in in work mode. And for me, and I think working for yourself, if you don't have those boundaries, you can literally feel like you're just working 24 hours a day. Absolutely. And and this is this is one that I um come. It's it's not. I wouldn't say I'm triggered by it, but this is, I think, a good lesson to anyone listening in because a lot of people have that, don't they? That at a set time, it's that's it. It's tools down. The evening is family time, or the evening is partner time, or me time, or whatever it is. And I think it's a really good reminder that what we're talking about here is what works for us. Now, a lot of my a lot of my do work in the evening. Yeah, a lot of my a lot of my colleagues, a lot of the um, um, people I collaborate with, for example, are in the UK. So Mm. I I need to do some stuff out of hours in terms of Australian time because that's work time in in the UK. But again, it's still about creating boundaries around it, isn't it? So I might yeah. I've got I think one evening a week in my calendar that's open for for appointments to be booked in and things like that. And and so it's it's what works for us, isn't it? Absolutely. And, and comparing yeah. not not comparing to anybody else, but just comparing mm. to how we've operated. So if we've got home, if, if we if we work for ourselves and we used to work till 11, 12 o'clock at night every night of the week, um, and that we now only work one or two nights a week, then that's 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 bonus. We compare ourselves Absolutely. to where we've been, yeah. don't we? Rather than yeah. other people. Yeah, I would never, never tell anyone this is what your routine should be, like what I do is what you should do because it's just what works for me and it's not perfect because there is no perfect and it's not right because it's just what's right for me. But helping people to understand um, where they may be misaligning their priorities and where there could be shifts in time to allow time for things that they're saying they haven't got time for is where we sort of come in and, and help them with that to find their own, you know, routine Natural and their routine. non-negotiables and, and things like that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. What are some of the things uh, that keep you going? What would you say is your drive that mm. keeps you going? You obviously as we've spoken about before, deeply passionate and deeply connected to the work that you do. Mm. Um, But is it more than that? What's that inner drive inside? I think, honestly, I think every time someone sits across from me and says, you know, you've changed my life, you've, you know, you have helped me so much, Um, it just, it, it just pushes me further and further. I think when you see the results and when you hear the results and when you know that you are making a difference in people's lives, it just drives you to to go more, you know, keep going, go further. And another driver for me, um, and my children wrote me the most beautiful Mother's Day card, and this has been a bit of a double-edged sword for me because I've had my moments of feeling like a really bad mum because of what I've done because I have, you know, 
created this business, but I've also, in the crux of that, gone through a relationship breakdown and renovated a house and studied and, and done all this stuff where I've thought that I was maybe being less than the mother I should be, where in reality, on my Mother's Day card, my daughter wrote that um, I've been the best role model and they've admired and um, my determination and my drive to help others. So mm-hmm. they have seen that that that's what what it has really been. Um, so you know that was nice to hear that. Um, but it is it's my kids. Yeah. I just want them to believe that whatever they set their minds to. And whatever they feel like they want to do, what they're called to do, whatever you want to call it, that they can do it one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't had a textbook journey. I didn't go to university. I didn't even go to year 12. Um, I'm not what you, you know, no, I'm not um, educated in that way. And, you know, we can get intimidated by, by that. Um, and I have in the past, I, I'm certainly not now, I understand that we all find our success in different ways and success comes in so many different forms. Yeah. Um, and, and coming back to that, you know, not comparing yourself. And, you know, so just helping them to see that your journey doesn't have to be linear yes. and doesn't have to be perfect and it won't be easy. And, but if you keep going, you will be able to achieve your dreams as well. I think that's such, such important advice for us as parents to relate to our kids, but for us to remember about ourselves too, isn't it? 100%. Oh, yep. I love it. If people want to find out, I'm going to, I'm going to fire some quick fire questions at you okay. in just a moment, but if people want to find out um, more about what you do or want to get in touch with you, what's the best way they can do that? So my website is meljud.com. They can message me there. Also, my Instagram is lifestyles.mel. My Facebook page is lifestyles. And my email, lifestyles.mel at outlook.com. Fabulous. I will post all of those in the show notes to this episode as well to make it super simple for people to find you. Thank you so much. It has been a fabulous conversation. My pleasure. Now I'm really excited to hear what you're going to, how you're going to answer these questions. Okay. Shoot. (laughs) Are you ready? (laughs) I'm ready. Awesome. What book are you reading right now? Okay. I've always got two or three books on the go, but at the moment I've got The Four Agreements, The Team Brain, and oh sorry no I've only got two because I just finished the resilience project sorry so I'm down to two so the teen brain by David Gillespie and the four agreements I love um, it. I'm I'm all for I do audible because I'm okay, I yep. tend to I just absorb books better when I listen to them rather than yep. read them a few pages at a time. But the resilience project is one I've just listened to as well. That's an excellent book I for everybody, it. isn't it? Loved it. Yeah. What about a song? What's your favorite song of all time? Oh, easy. Elvis Presley, can't help falling in love. Oh, what's the story I, I, behind that I, one? I don't know why I but I do get, every time I get asked this question, it's like, oh, yeah, no-brainer, that song. I used to love, fun fact, I was a bit of a different kid, and I used to love holding myself up on a Saturday afternoon and watching Elvis movies. Oh. Like I'm talking at, at, at 8, 9, 10 years old. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've, I don't know. I've always loved those old school actors as like Elvis and Marilyn and yeah. um, Fred Astaire. I loved all that, and I just have this really like, 
I don't know, obsession with Elvis music. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it, how, I mean, I've talked about this when I've asked this question before. It's amazing how we anchor things to music. Isn't yeah. it? And we can hear a song or we'll smell a smell, but particularly music, it just transports us back, mm. doesn't it, to mm. where that all began sort of thing. Yeah. I love it, love it. What about a quote that's changed your life? Quote, actually, this is actually ties in well with what we've been talking about so um comparison is a thief of joy Theodore Roosevelt yeah so I use that in my teen program that's one of our affirmations that we do yeah and that has really gotten me through lots of self-imposter moments or you know imposter syndrome moments whatever you call it um where you know you can just sort of remind yourself that whatever you're comparing yourself to others you're not you know, there's no joy in that and you're not living authentically. Oh, I love that. I'm going to have to use that one too. One. <laughs> yep. Let's get a bit more practical. What's a piece of tech or an app or a bit of software that's changed how you run your business? Okay. Mm, I've actually learned a few very quickly um, in the last 12 months. I think probably Oh, gosh. Social, social media, I think Instagram has been, I guess, the main platform that has really helped to build my business, I suppose. Mm. Um, as far as running the business, Square. Mm. I've got the Square little, you know, I run my F-Post through Square. I use their appointment app, their invoice app, everything. That has been good because it is so easy to use for us not very tech people that I guess that's probably been been one of the biggest game changes yes love it I love it I love the apps and the the programs and the software that just helps us save time takes all that and when they all talk to each other yes yeah (laughs) love it so you don't have to do anything they just all working together I think through this entire conversation, you've probably shared some real gold that people can take away and and, and see as a life hack, but leave us with a a life hack, a shortcut to make our lives easier. Okay. Oh, I've got so many life hacks because I'm all about making life easier. (laughs) Um, I think, all right, I'm going to just go simple and go online grocery shopping. Really, like what, why? Why do we need to go to the supermarket every week and battle the crowds? And I've found I'm actually saving money because I'm not being tempted going down the aisles. And um, so it's, it's not a very deep one, but it really has been a bit of a game changer for me. I do mine every Friday and they get delivered every Sunday. So I do the groceries on the Friday, get them delivered on the Sunday, ready for the week. And it has been amazing. Oh, you're so lucky to be in a delivery area. I used <laughs> yeah. to be in a delivery area. Yes, now we're too far I know. Out of town. It does make it hard Damn for people it. that are. Yeah. <laughs> But at yeah. least it's a five-minute dash into the supermarket instead of an hour of, like you say, being tempted and going, oh, they're on two for one. I'll get two of them yes. and I only need yeah. one. And then, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you can't do delivery, do click and collect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much, Mel. It's My been pleasure. a super insightful and, and super fun conversation. It's been excellent. And just a reminder to everyone, all of Mel's contact details will be in the show notes to this episode. So go Thank check it out. Oh, wow. 
Wow, thanks again to Mel for such an open conversation. The mess of life is life. And even when we know all the theory, we still stuff up and we still make mistakes and we still have stuff that gets on top of us. And that is okay. Such a great message. What did you love about that episode? The cameo from the dogs, perhaps? <laughs> this is real life after all, and it's not about being perfect. It's about imperfectly stepping one foot in front of the other every day and learning and growing from every challenge that we overcome. I loved something Mel said towards the end. She said, once we become aware, then we can repair. So it's not about beating ourselves up for things we wish we'd done sooner and God, do I know that feeling personally at the moment. It's about accepting that we make the best decision with the information and awareness that we have at the time. And when we know different, then we can do different. I love how that's essentially helping us be compassionate with ourselves rather than judging or criticizing ourselves because let's face it, often we can be our own worst enemy. I also love what Mel said about the fact that there's no enlightenment. There's no magical place or magical stage that we get our business or life to and suddenly everything changes and everything is calm. You know, that destination doesn't exist and the moment we divert our energy from trying to attain the unattainable and focus it instead on the here and now all manner of things starts to change now if you're interested in finding out more about mel's programs or workshops for teen girls then head on over to her website via the link in the show notes to this episode and remember if anything in this episode has brought up anything for you Maybe you're focusing on that unattainable place where you'll suddenly feel calm and in control or maybe you're in that cycle of beating yourself up for not handling things right or maybe you simply need to talk something through. Then head on over to my website reignitepc.com.au and click the book a chat button or click the link in the show notes to this episode and jump on one of my complimentary business bouncing calls. Alrighty then, that is all from me for this week. If you haven't already, please subscribe so you never miss a new episode as they drop and make sure you share this episode with everyone in your network that you believe needs to hear it. You can follow the show on Facebook and Instagram and all the links are in the show notes to this episode and you can contact me through those platforms or by email at claire at reignitepc.com.au. I'll be back in your ears really soon and until then, bye-bye.